Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ron and Matt Must Listen. This is Season 2, Episode 2. And Ron, do you want to introduce our guest? This is Dima. He plays in The Black Black as well as Kissed by an Animal. Gunners, which we still have to figure out doing oh, yeah. something with that. So, man, thank you so much for, for jumping on with us today. Uh, thank you for having me. No, always exciting to talk to you, man. I, I think you're a great dude. I really appreciate the chats we've thank had you. in the past and thank getting to work with you on the Reds tapes. So, really, really happy to do all really this. Fun. It was a good time. It was mm-hmm. a good time. So, what album did you choose for us to check out this week, man? Um, I chose uh, John Frusciante, Neon Joel Ledes, and usually just a T-shirt. Yes, that's cool. So, did you got have you guys listened to it? Oh yeah, we listen to everything. Yeah, that that someone sends to us. I had not previously heard it. I don't, Matt. Have you heard it before? No. Okay, so yeah, neither of us had heard it before prior to listening to it. I'm curious to think, uh, hear what you think. <laughs> uh, musically, I think he's incredibly talented. His voice was so hard for me to get through. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you know, uh, uh, yeah, that album he did, uh, that's like his first, he did that like while recording like Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, uh, right on. He was just, yeah, that's like him just fucking around with a four track. Uh, like it was kind of he was coaxed to uh, put it out but it was just say you know he was kind of young and uh you know I'll, I'll probably delve into his like later albums too because you know he really matured and uh stuff but it's i remember yeah the, like the voice was like a very like <laughs> uh i when i first heard it i didn't fucking get it either <laughs> but <laughs> i think i think musically though i mean you can tell He's got some serious musicianship mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Like, which is, I mean, what was most impressive to me. How did you first come to find the album? Uh, I, my uh, buddy is on, um, who I've played in bands with uh, for years. Like, uh, I've known him since middle school, actually. He got me into him. He, I remember he played me this album for the first time because, you know, we're like the Chili Peppers fans as, as kids. And I remember listening to in his bedroom for the first time, and like I, I didn't like understand what the fuck I was listening to. Um, but you know, I was like fifteen <laughs> or like fourteen, sure. something like that. Then, like I remember, like his second album came out, and I, I really, uh, which is even kind of uh, I feel like more challenging. But it kind of like, you know, hit me in this, a, a certain time of my life that. Uh, I kind of really latched onto it and uh and, you know and it's like this like really weird challenging music that I you know kind of feel like I was discovering that nobody else liked so you know it's kind of like a punk rock to it where it's just like nobody nobody I know would li- listen to this that's like it's like my thing now uh, mm-hmm. 
so like after like kind of like getting into that album I, I got back into this like started listening to this more and kind of and you know it kind of really opened me up to the idea of like oh I can just record myself and like you know it doesn't have to be a studio recording and you know I was like also into like uh people like Lou Barlow who put out a lot of like you know home recordings um, yeah I'm a fan of Lou Barlow yeah I'm a huge Lou Barlow fan so you know it was just kind of uh kind of hitting me in the time where I was you know me and my friends were starting to record ourselves uh we got we had four tracks and we started kind of experimenting with like digital recording on com computers like you know the like mid to late 90s version of that so you know like I feel like it kind of inspired me a lot in that way and you know I feel like a lot of my early recordings were kind of like trying to emulate a version of this uh but you know in my own weird way <laughs> that makes sense especially you know I grew up majority of my life in the 90s as well yeah so you know I I mean I think you know you just mentioned I think you're just a couple months older than me mm -hmm. so it's like interesting to me that because obviously if you're a red hot chili peppers fan mm -hmm. i would see how you could instantly gravitate into yeah. liking this whereas myself who was never much of a chili peppers fan so sorry in advance for that Dima. that's okay never I, uh, got deep uh, into them it's okay i, I understand not, not everybody's into everything everybody's into uh and i think part of it was that uh, i never had an issue with them until i worked at a music store uh. and the local radio station <laughs> saturated them so heavily all the time yeah it was constant it was like one of the three songs that was in rotation was like a, a chili pepper song was yeah. on like every hour and it was like okay i can't i can't anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> i get that i i you know it's you know when you're like forced to listen to something you uh, you re tend to resent it i mean i've worked at a record store uh, yeah you know and you know there's there's stuff i had like you know i didn't like but you know i had to listen to i had to like such a whole halsey album and uh you know oh. grip my teeth i've never heard <laughs> i just know that new album is supposedly going to be produced by nine inch I nails know. like what I know. <laughs> I know i was like can you do that with, with somebody like cooler <laughs> <laughs> i know right <laughs> like somebody that i listen to i don't know Air. like baby metal he <laughs> produced a baby metal album that'd be fucking awesome that would be great <laughs> that's um, hilarious but yeah but no no <laughs> I, I could see i could see the translation musically very easily like you can you can definitely there's vibes in there where i'm like okay i can tell that this guy is in the chili peppers like yeah. certain playing like literally when uh they were recording their most formative album you know um, yeah like their like peak as uh you know like that formation like uh and really kind of like the thing that put him into the stratosphere and you can hear a lot of like you know he has like uh, these like uh progressions that he kind of always gravitates towards uh sure you can hear it on uh chili pepper uh records and you can hear it on these but yeah uh, you know it's these are kind of like the weird raw forms of him uh you know he's like i feel like you know he's like a very artistic dude um like uh yeah does it still <laughs> resonate with you that you that you are inspired by it now when you're writing 
I mean, because the new Black Black album just came out not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's absolutely excellent. I uh, was lucky enough to order it very early and get copy number one. Nice. So I have number one of the Black Black in my house right now. That's great. But yeah, did that inspire, does this inspire you when you're writing now? Or was it more just early on hearing it and hearing it it so raw? You know, I feel like he's... uh, one of my like three favorite guitar players and the way i do guitar solos uh in uh because by an animal you know it's kind of like a very dumbed down version of like you know like i like uh you know like him and Jimi hendrix have uh, a lot in common and like the way they they're very expressive in their soloing and really can you know squeeze a lot of just uh one note if they want to so i don't know so like but i uh, i feel like he was like one of my favorite uh, guys to listen to like fucking shred and uh, solo, especially like, I used to, like me and my friends used to download bootlegs and uh, of their live concerts. Cause they would like, you know, they'd always have like uh, a section where they would just fucking show off and uh, fucking rip and uh, improvise. And, you know, they always like had like really interesting interplay. So, you know, I feel like, yeah, I learned a lot of like, progressions from like learning their songs or learning his solo like parts of his solos and stuff like that but you know like i'm no fucking near as good as him like i oh you're being I'm, modest you're, I have you're, like, a, you're a good guitar player i have like three tricks uh <laughs> you know, like these like you know my songs are short so like i can like throw, like go, go in and go out but like you know if i have to do like a really long solo you know, I used to kind of do that more like um, like in different bands, like, you know, there's more of some bands have more of a culture of jamming uh, and kind sure. of improvising, like, which, you know, like I was really into a lot. And then those feel like I was could practice like doing really long form soloing. But like, I don't we like neither band really jams now. Uh, we kind of mm-hmm. just, like do songs. And so and I also kind of like tend to try to write out solos a little more than improvise them but you know yeah just just because like if i have to improvise things i feel like i just repeat myself a lot <laughs> that's how i always felt but, you know <laughs> i yeah. watched yeah. Some, i watched some I old live videos man of one of my old bands and i was just like i can't play like that anymore like i used to just fucking try all this weird shit and just go mm-hmm. for it and now i'm like yeah i wouldn't I would never do that. I'm almost like embarrassed. It's, you know, you have to kind of uh, chase it. And, you know, I think it, it also helps, like, you know, uh, you know, it's just like what kind of vibe you have with your band. Because, you know, because uh, a lot of that also depends on how, uh, you know, you communicate with uh, your bandmates. But I feel like, you know, I think you can get there. I, you know, I try to like, I've been trying to like uh, practice more soloing at home just because I don't know, we're doing, we're recording a new Kiss by an Animal album, like maybe in the fall. And for some reason, I wrote a lot of solos for it. So now I have to like practice soloing because now I have to do them fucking live. I'm like, I can't, I'm getting like scared of like, shit, I have to do all these solos now. But like, they, but they are like more written out, and like, so I try to kind of like do more phrasing, and like, I feel like I yeah, like bring it back to John Frusciante. I feel like I like a lot of like kind of like the little phrasings and stuff like that. I feel like 
you know, I kind of took from him or, uh, you know, they were like, you know, he kind of woke me up to that. Sure. I mean, I can say one area in which I can, I can definitely say that you're superiors. I definitely think your singing voice is well that's <laughs> way more in my wheelhouse <laughs> well it's interesting like uh because like if you listen to you know the like he put out this album and then another one after that which he doesn't even like keep in print anymore it's never been out on vinyl only came out on a cd i actually had this album like on cassette when i was a kid and it actually added one one extra song but it just came out on vinyl like a couple years ago but after like he like you know he went through like a really bad uh, drug period then like kind of got himself out of it got back into chili peppers and then like the album he did after that is kind of like more new wavy and he has actually a very uh a beautiful voice uh you know he does a lot of falsettos you know it's not like he never really did a, did another album that that sounds like this uh, right and he's like pr pretty young here i would say he's like like maybe 20 21 you know and it's just like really him fucking around with a uh, four track for the first time. Like, yeah, because like later on, he uh, he did like started doing like more studio albums. There's like a period where he uh, released a, like a new recording every like two months for a year, uh, which like like he did one with uh, like Joe Valley uh, from Fugazi. Yeah, I and, think I yeah. heard that. Yeah, and uh, Josh Klinerhofer, who uh, replaced him in Chili Peppers. But that's like, you know, that's a really interesting uh, record too, just because like they're just like jamming. So I feel like, you know, that era also really inspires me too. And, you know, he has like also like a, this album called Curtains, which is like a really, really nice like acoustic album. Like, you know, this is, I feel like is more harsh <laughs> and uh, harder to get into, but the you know he's like a very good songwriter and he it's like you know he wrote a lot of the chili pepper stuff like you know and even if you don't like uh a lot of like uh uh their stuff like there's always like something interesting that they're doing in the songs because i feel like they're really good at interplaying with each other and having like sure both parts like rely on each other to like for the the whole thing to exist you know they and they know yeah. how to, like support each other like through uh you know like and create like uh like a melody within like their playing that makes sense but yeah and like yeah i've seen them live a couple of times i've see, actually seen him play uh a, like a live acoustic show which he like never really does but like there's like one point he did like a, a very short tour and like uh, me and my friend who got me into him like we're lucky enough to get a ticket but yeah that was really cool no, that's awesome. And, and so one of the things that I always ask everybody when they jump on is, you know, obviously I know for you, this is inspiring personally, but did it lead you to check out other musicians in a similar vein or was this just I more feel like, like... I, yeah, I feel like I kind of like uh, started getting curious about like Sid Barrett later on because of, you know, you know, he's like an early version of like, I don't know if you listen to Sid Barrett records. I've heard one. I can't remember which one. I've, I've never heard his solo stuff. I've only heard the stuff he did with Pink yeah. Floyd. Well, his solo stuff is more like acoustic, like stripped down. Yeah. Some of it's uh, acoustic. Yeah, it's like a, I, you know, he was kind of, uh, uh, I think da actually David Gilmore, uh, like kind of uh, try to get him to uh, record those albums because he was, you know, not doing well. But you know, like, but 
they have like this loose feeling uh too and i feel like he's kind of like on the same kind of you know people like him in the same way and like the people who like get obsessed with John Prashant, they kind of get obsessed with uh, the bear the same way Spence, I think, is similar too. But yeah, like I, I always go like it kind of just like also just yeah got me curious about uh, you know home recording. It made me feel like you know I can do this. You know, it's like it's, you know just get like a little machine and record yourself. And you know, like I tried a lot of like that backwards uh, guitar stuff. Like when you know you do it with a uh, cassette, like I would uh, yeah. you know flip flip the cassette and uh, solo over that. Yeah, that's just fucking cool. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm interested because, you know, the bands that you've played in, and obviously, like, you know, I knew your work from when you were clear back in, like, the fiction and Reds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, up to what you're doing now. And, you know, obviously, there's a change in the South from those days. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, I'm always curious as to how, like, one person hears something and how it affects them in a certain way versus how someone else hears it. And like, that's why it's always interesting. Like, you know, not every episode is it something where we're all like on the same page. Right. Which, you know, which is, which is something that we wanted from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, in, it's interesting to hear the perspective of somebody who really enjoys something. Right. And to then take that into consideration the next time you listen to it. It's funny though, because yeah, with this album, it's like uh, the people who like it love it. I feel like uh, nobody really will listen to this casually. Maybe like you know some of his other stuff, but it's interesting. Like he's like he kind of went into like like electronic music for a bit in the last couple of years. Like he started doing like uh, Acid House. Interesting. But like I got his last album, like uh, that I actually put up under his name, but it's an, an all electronic album, like no singing or anything. But it, it's interesting because you can still hear his like progressions and like things like that kind of snake through, like even in electronic music. Like, like if you you know, like I listened to it a bunch of times, and like ah, it's like I still like can hear his like sensibility in it, like when you yeah. Like, uh, you know when you have like a stack of like records of the same dude you kind of study <laughs> like his ways but it's it's interesting that it can still like permeate through like his electronic music yeah no definitely and and i mean for anybody who doesn't know you're a fantastic artist as well and you've done a lot of art is this the type of record you put on when you're when you're doing art do you sit and listen um, to something like this or do you I have like everything a, um yeah I tr- like um I kind of um, don't really have like a specific music. I, I, you know, I like, I buy records re- regularly. So I try to like, you know, listen to what I just uh, purchased. Um, sure. And, you know, I was just like, I have my, my whole record collection like right next to me, next to my like work desk. So I kind of cycle through, but yeah, I can listen to this while working. Um, 
but you know, but I, I, I listen to all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if it was maybe something that inspired you while you work. Like you were like, Oh, I'm going to listen to this because I'm in this mood and I'm going to, you know, work on something like this. Like you have like a vision in mind. And maybe I that's like what you I put out like put out music to work is just something to kind of entertain me. Uh, gotcha. It's not something I'm like siphoning, uh, you know, anything directly from, but it's just sure. uh, I like just I just like listening to music. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, but I feel like he actually you know he does uh, he used to do art. Uh, I actually really liked his artwork, but I think he uh, hasn't really done it in a long time. But it's pretty, like, I mean, you know, like, I feel like a lot of the, like, insert stuff uh, he did, like, it's all, like, kind of loose. But yeah, anyway. So upon first hearing this, obviously, you said you didn't get it. Yeah. But what made you go back to it later? Was it the, was it the next record that came out that made you revisit this? And then when revisiting it, what kind of stuck out to you the second time that you kind of like gave it a fair shake? Um, I think it just like the second one hit me like at a very visceral time in my life when I was, you know, a teenager going through teenage stuff. So like emotionally, I, I was just like, I kind of just identified with it. Um, so and which like I don't know like you know when you're young too you kind of listen to things a little more carefully and like I think they you know since everything's so new things can really like uh hit you in a certain way um but yeah I just like remember like listening to uh, that album in my friend's bedroom uh and just like uh you know nailing at me like instantly so it's just like it's just very raw and uh i don't know i just very uh it, i just latched onto it and then like yeah when i uh kind of um when i went back to this one because that like you know i wanted to hear everything after that because i'm kind sure. of like once i get into a band i like i want to listen to everything i'm the did. same um so you know and then like you know once you kind of like get it on you know in one album you kind of like start getting what what it was you know also just like yeah i never heard anything like that and i was like you know 15 like um you know when you're 15 like you know you're you're always discovering things in ways but but you know it's it's a challenging thing <laughs> no for sure for sure i mean when i first listened to it through the first pass the first thing that stuck out right away to me was that you know his musicianship is like incredible you can tell mm -hmm. how good of a player he is and no matter if I like or don't like a specific like band or, or music, I can respect the musicianship mm -hmm. regardless. Yeah. And that stuck out to me like right away. Like that was what I was like, man, this really like kind of hammers at you, like how good of a musician he yeah. is. And speaking to the fact that it is kid. his first record. <laughs> and he's right. just a fucking and it's his kid. first record too, you know? Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Uh, Matt, was there something specific that kind of stuck out on your first listen? I thought it was, um, but see, now I don't know because Dima knew a lot more about obviously <laughs> like the production and everything like that. I didn't. So listening to it, I thought it, it's going to sound not pretentious, but I thought, well, this is kind of brave. This dude's in, <laughs> well, no, seriously, because I'm like, this dude is in, because even before that, I mean, Chili Peppers were still like, 
a known band they had hit songs and stuff like mm-hmm. that so i'm thinking to myself like he's in this band that within um alternative music in the early 90s or like one of those bands mm-hmm. you know and like to release this album of really i don't know bed bedroom demos that's kind of what i equate it to stuff yeah. i like used to require i mean obviously at a way like ron said way different level of musicality than the shit when i was ripping on nirvana or whatever right. on my my task and right. back in the day but still like to release stuff of that quality first off like not super um studio pro- produced right. or anything like that but then additionally like all these songs that some are some are way more challenging than others some of them i could see kind of what you were seeing to uh to dima where his voice isn't as like some of them i just feel like he's trying to be weird on this mm-hmm. with his vocal delivery and stuff and then uh, others he, it's more he like he said he's stoned the entire time making that. <laughs> he, like he uh like he's like there's not one note where he's not high out of his mind but he's like a lot of it's like improv like he's just yeah but i mean they were he never really like uh, meant to uh, release it as an album actually P- perry farrell uh uh, coaxed him to put it out uh, what's his name okay. uh, uh, Rick Rubin put it out on uh, American record uh, oh really originally. yeah okay. I mean like well I mean he uh, uh, recorded um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic um, but yeah it, it came out after he quit the Chili Peppers uh, and so like yeah they put it out so like he like had something <laughs> out uh, so he didn't just like uh, sink into depression and drugs, which he did. But you know, it's like uh, to the you know to people like you know who like in- enjoy that kind of stuff. I think it's uh, really interesting. I really uh, actually enjoyed the second half, where it's like a lot of instrumental. Like that was my favorite part, actually. Weird. Yeah, where it's Agreed. untitled. There's like yeah. ten or however yeah. many untitled songs, yeah. and there's like reoccurring riff themes and stuff yeah. but like played, i think I actually thought that he, was... he recorded a bunch of that while he they were on the first tour for blood sugar sex magic oh uh, okay so like i think that yeah like it spilled into that uh it's yeah it's weird it's kind of broken up into two albums but it's always released as one album but i think yeah but you know it's just like his uh you know yeah they are like bedroom recordings he literally did it in like the bedroom of the mansion they were recording and uh which is funny because like he had all this equipment downstairs <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i there there was going to say my second pass through one of the things that i like heard was there's sort of a charm about it because it is like a little bit of a lo-fi kind of effort and i gravitate toward like bands like guided by voices and stuff because yeah. of things like that in sabado yeah. and so there's kind of that charm in this record too you can you can tell that it is not like produced i mean this one doesn't even really feel like if there's much production at all which is no i mean i think what's i feel good like about sometimes he's like straight up plug straight into the four track the guitar like no amps no nothing just like he's like overdriving it by just uh pushing the knobs with the guitar dark because i used to do that too and like that that's how you get a lot of those sounds <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. As somebody who never played, because I have no talent, I uh, 
I I always admire your talent stories. I mean, in general, no talent, uh, but um, you know, argue about that. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, no, man. I mean, like for for me, like when I sit down to listen to a record, you know, and I don't know what to expect because I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to be a situation where this dude was just going to be like hammering away at like chili peppers riffs the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i was pleasantly surprised and there were a few things that that stood out to me like some tracks that i felt like were straight up like almost alt rock radio ready like a track like mascara maybe mm-hmm. not lyrically necessarily yeah. but i could hear that of being been played on the radio with better production mm-hmm. value and things yeah. like that back in that time um I but like i agree me- with you guys the second half was killer I think uh, what's it called? Uh, River Phoenix is a little bit on the second side. He was supposed to be on a song on that album, but uh, I think his family uh, didn't want it. Uh, but it ended up on the second album, like they do, like a duet, uh, which was really yeah. nice. Yeah, because they were really close friends. You know, but it's just kind of like it's it's a good example of like you know where you can go if you're not restricted by anything. You know like that's really what I like about it I feel like it just has a really adventurous spirit and you know he wasn't making it for any reason other than to just make it you know an experiment and uh you know I feel like uh, you know a lot of these like some of these songs really kind of inform me on uh some of the songs on Blood Sugar Sex Magic like I hear like you know probably he was like working on that song while he was working on that song you know yeah there's, there's like it's like it sounds like he's using the same guitar <laughs> no i mean that and that's the thing like because you're a fan and you have that knowledge mm-hmm. of those two records and kind of like how they interact and maybe the intimacy that that somebody like myself doesn't have with it i mean that's another thing that i find interesting like picking up on those nuances that someone who just casually is finding this and listening to it mm-hmm. is not going to pick up on necessarily no. i mean maybe somebody who's a big chili peppers fan who has listened to his stuff before but a casual listener mm-hmm. who's just picking this up for the first time and listening to it yeah i wouldn't have put any of that together yeah <laughs> from my perspective like obviously i can tell that you, there's parts where you can go oh this is definitely the guy who plays in the red hot chili peppers mm-hmm. right but then but then that doesn't translate to oh i can hear how this was like part of maybe this inspiration for this yeah that doesn't resonate but what i think is cool is that people who are into the red hot chili peppers who maybe have not explored a record like this could take the time to check it out and maybe gain some of that kind of like intimacy with it that you, that you have yeah i wonder if like new chili peppers fans would discover it <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i don't i mean that's interesting i don't know and well David that's a good it. point though i don't know how that other guitar player plays didn't is it true did john Frusciante teach him how to play guitar or something like that no they were like they uh they collaborated a lot there's a bunch of his solo albums he was like like his main collaborator and He's no slouch either. He's like a, he's a really good guitar player. Uh, I have uh, nothing but respect for him. And he's like he also plays drums and like uh, like he plays whatever like a, uh, he like on some albums he plays drums on some albums he plays guitar a bass or something. Actually, he just got kicked out because John Frusciante <laughs> uh, returned. To, okay, to his triumphant return. 
yeah well like it's it's weird he was like very adamant about it i feel like he's just like yeah i get it like it's john frusciante of course i but you know he got to be in his favorite band for like 10 years um and yeah he was also like i think uh like a secondary guitar player towards the end of before john frusciante quit the second time but i'm excited that he's playing guitar again i, I missed his guitar playing i like that he so with other mediums and other uh, sounds, but I really like your guitar playing. <laughs> so if you could play in any band for 10 years, Dima, what band would you play in? Kissed by an animal. The Black What's Black. What's that? Kissed by the an black animal. Black. The Black Black. <laughs> Those are your two favorite yeah, bands that you would play in? Yes, of course. Uh, I love that. Uh, yeah, they've been great. Uh, my, yeah, the, like the easiest bands I've ever been in. Great people, really fun musicians. Yeah, I, don't th- I mean, uh, careful, careful on your way out is honestly an awesome record, and I'm not saying you. that because we're friends. Because <laughs> anybody who listens to this knows that I have no brand loyalty. Um, <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I I was impressed. I love I love the sound of it. I mean, for anybody who's into like you know, like I don't even know what you would want to describe new wave, post punk. Yeah, it's so it's kind of it's kind of all it's kind of got a wide brush. Yeah, I feel like we kind of do. I always kind of describe us if like Joy Division was on Discord. Um, <laughs> That's a good description, actually. I feel like you know we take a lot from those kind of. I feel like yeah, there's a lot of like Fugazi and a lot of like Joy Division in there at the same time. But yeah, and like I play bass in that band, uh, which I feel like that's where my my inspiration from Flea comes. <laughs> So there, there, there you go. So basically, you're inspired by all the Red Hot Chili. I am. That's awesome. Really? That's awesome. Uh, he owns the biggest painting I've ever made, which was uh, kind of a mind blowing when it happened. Yeah, that's incredible, man. That's uh, that's incredible. Although, I mean, you have ties to a lot of uh, a lot of interesting people because, I mean, you you know, I know you and I have talked about like working with with comedians and mm-hmm. such. I know you worked like what with like Reggie Watts. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? You have a list of people that you. I mean. Well, and then of uh, course, Mark Marin. Artwork create. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did the artwork for his. Uh, was it Sub Pop Records? As uh, Comedy Central Records. Comedy Central. Interesting. Um, it was never on vinyl. It was only. Uh, oh man, I wish they put that shit out on vinyl. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, that would um, be. I should talk to him about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like Jim Gaffigan, but like I worked with a lot of them like years and years ago. Uh, but yeah. I, yeah, I just did like uh, uh, Mark Marin. Uh, I I did one of his like a T-shirt design for him recently again. Nice, nice. That's awesome. And then I know, I mean, of course, I know you did Father John Misty as well as back in the day, the layouts that you did for so many hardcore bands, <laughs> like 
basically everything Waking Records put out, right? You basically did yeah. I think there's like right? one record I didn't do, but every most of them I, I yeah, I did a lot of the layout. <laughs> the, yeah, nice. the, the gospel record I laid out too. Yeah, which is which is I mean incredible, and we had Vinny on yep. last season, and oh, nice. you know discussing the new the new record that they're gonna have coming out at oh, some man, point. I'm excited to hear that. Hell yeah, man. Same. Super excited for that. Um, I, saw, yeah, I saw the like reunion shows they did like the last couple of years. Uh, the last one we went to, uh, St. Vitus was so fun. Because, you know, they also become kind of like weird like class reunions of like hardcore kids that like, yeah. you know, you only <laughs> see at like these uh, hardcore shows. Uh, and there's like, uh, it's a weird mix of like that and like young dudes <laughs> like in their 20s who like uh you know who are just getting into all this stuff and they're like ca catching the you know the second wave of it which it's funny because now it's weird going to a basement show because i'm 40 and <laughs> i've been to i've been to a several in the last you know other than covid hitting i had been to like three basement shows at the same house uh in pittsburgh <laughs> And it's funny being the literally the oldest person there. And you know, <laughs> you're the old guy at the, at the show now. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's such an awkward feeling, you know. And even more awkward because I mean I'm not the smallest guy. I'm about six foot tall. So standing in front of everybody and they can't see. <laughs> oh fuck that man! <laughs> Get there early. Yeah. Get to the house early. Eat spaghetti with the people who are yeah. cooking at the house. <laughs> Hang out with the bands before Talk the show. Them like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, it's it's such a strange feeling. Um, but I agree. Like, even shows that I've went to uh, right, literally right before COVID hit and they shut everything down, I went to mm -hmm. see Chris Colahan's band, Sect. And, and we were hanging out. And it was weird because, like, all those guys, myself and maybe two other people, were, like, old hardcore kids. And then everybody else was, like, 19 to 23. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weird vibe <laughs> i just it like like i play primarily when like uh because my animal plays we we play a lot at our like practice space which is also a diy space uh nice. so i mostly play still play diy shows nice. um and there's a few uh diy venues around here uh i don't know if they're still here but um that we play but but it's interesting because the audiences uh, or like the the scene is pretty mixed in age uh there are like you know there's like you know pe people in their like early 20s to like you know most of us in uh both bands are in our 40s but you know it, it's like but it's you know and then everything in between so yeah. like it never feels like you know we're old dudes at a show or we're the old band playing uh, with a bunch of kids you know, like a lot of yeah, like a lot of our friends' bands are like in their thirties, or you know, they're still like you know doing this stuff too. Um, sure, which is great. I mean, I don't, I don't intend to stop. I hope I'm the eighty-year-old guy who's yeah, right? for everybody at the show. They're like, "What the fuck? This guy's leaning on a walker, and I still can't see over." <laughs> How do you get down the fucking stairs? <laughs> he helped bring down the fucking fridge amp. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny because when when Frailbody played at one of the shows, I was gonna help those guys unload and load, and 
uh, I helped them bring a bass amp down, I think. And mm. I was talking with them prior to the show. And yeah, and it was weird though, because that show, a lot of the kids that ended up playing were like college students who were like freshmen in college or mm-hmm. part of them were in high school. So their parents were there. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. And that yeah. was an no, interesting no. one. Black Black played this show in fucking where somewhere in like Long Island. It was just a weird, weird show. We play a lot of weird shows when we tour. <laughs> um, but it's just the I think like we're it's like the show went like went on a long time. There's like nothing. It's like one of those like bars that had nothing but TVs everywhere you look that, that has a sports game on. <laughs> they were nice enough to turn them off when the show uh, uh, came good. on. We, did, we didn't have to request it. <laughs> um, but I remember we went on pretty late, but the band after us like, like went on like a one in the morning were like these kids that were at the show the entire time with their parents and they just started playing fucking covers of like uh i think they opened with uh sunshine of your love oh wow it's a pretty ballsy open i know <laughs> yeah. right that's where you're gonna start you're really you're really trying to win over the crowd that soon um <laughs> but, it was, but like i remember we like left during their set because we, we had to go home it was like one in the morning <laughs> it's just like pulling away but they're so committed to it <laughs> yeah that's that's hilarious that's, it's that's such a, a it's such a weird vibe when parents are to show but being yeah. a parent i imagine at some point in time yeah uh, my, da- my dad's come to shows um uh he really likes it my mom uh likes that i do this uh but she does not care to listen to it <laughs> same <laughs> same but also like at least in Syracuse, a lot of the like DIY venues, I guess, weren't in the or aren't, I should say, you know, best parts of town or maybe yeah. in parts of town where my parents, you know, remember yeah. back in the 70s, you shouldn't have gone to this neighborhood or whatever. So yeah. my dad would go to things, but my mom would be like, OK, good luck. No, I'm, <laughs> I know you invited me. OK, bye. <laughs> like I try to like when like my dad uh can't stand uh for very long now but like uh like back in the day like i tried to like invite him to shows like because i like you know i play a mix of places so like i play clubs too uh in various bands so like you know he'd come to those he really likes that uh i put out vinyl mostly because he just likes the the covers um he like always asks for like multiple copies so he like frames them and like uh in in, like mosaics like the whole thing oh that's awesome okay (laughs) that's awesome though man he's very he's very supportive uh i'm not sure he could name one of our songs but uh he likes that (laughs) our records exist and he always like asks and he like only recently kind of like uh i think it started clicking them that i make record covers so now he wants to collect all the ones uh, I've done. So now I have to like reverse find a lot of things <laughs> that I only have one copy of. <laughs> I still have uh, a Reds tape if you need me to send you one for your dad to have the arts. Ah, I feel like he likes vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a cassette guy. He's not a cassette guy. <laughs> he, goes, What's the-? he goes, what the fuck is this? And throws it. Like, Who the fuck? No He's like, this. All, all the music's on your phone. <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> uh, oh that's great no that's awesome i mean you know you and i have had many conversations through dm 
getting to be a part of Red's history in any way was a huge <laughs> deal to me. Seriously, not a joke. Like every band that I that I've worked with that is, you know, let's say ten plus years removed from being a band, mm-hmm. it is like just a huge honor for me to be involved in that in any way. That's and, very fun because you know that like you know that's where all that music only exists now. Uh, and it's nice that, you know, it still resonates with people. I still love that record. Uh, I'm still like pretty stoked that we, we got to make it. Um, yeah, that was my first like guitar album uh, that I like uh, played, you know, I was the guitar player in a band. So yeah, because you were I was, the bassist was, in the fiction, correct? Yeah, and I was like always a bass player in, in bands, uh, and I always kind of just like saw myself as a bass player. But then like I kind of started playing guitar for a, a while, and you know I just started writing songs on them, and just uh, so like yeah, but I'm glad like I have an album from like back then that I play guitar on um, that I really 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 like. Yeah, no, and, and I do think it still resonates. And I feel like if bands that came out in two, between 2004 and 2007 would come out now because of oh. social media <laughs> and because of I mean, band camp, I just, think that's, that's, that would be a huge turn. That's, that's just how uh, punk rock works. It's never, it never hits when it hits. But yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, we had our own version of social media back then. I feel like uh, sure. we had like uh, most we're of our all on Yeah, like we uh, like. I feel like that was that was what that was back then, and that was way more community based. And like you know, like sure. uh, that's how we booked our tours. Like we didn't even have like uh, GPSs. We had to fucking MapQuest things or like look at a map, uh-huh. and we got lost. <laughs> um, you know, we don't didn't have like a robot telling us where to go now, which is Kids these days. which is fucking way, way better. Um, yeah, agreed. but you know, like we we used the tools that we had uh, then to I feel like uh, where they had to be. I mean, you know, like look how many bands like from then like uh, became huge from MySpace. You know, that was yeah, kind of, of the beginning of that. That was like the TikTok of its fucking day. Yeah. Um, no, no doubt. But you know, it's just you know, it is what it is. <laughs> that's, that's no, the I'm problem just, with, I just, I that's just the problem with the time. resonating. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I was gonna say, I just think that it still has that ability to resonate because there's still an interest in that style of music, yeah. And that album in particular, as well, there's there's quite a few records from that mm. time frame that I felt like in bands mm. that I felt like just never got the the justice they deserved and reds was at the top of that list for me um no i i honestly i I remember the first time i heard i heard it i was like holy shit this is awesome and i think i bought it on cd originally because at that point i i was collecting vinyl but i was like i I feel like the vinyl came out like uh, like for like our last show i remember it came pretty late and yeah it was like uh, uh it was like a like a five-way split release between like five labels uh, like clean plate and uh i forget who else but yeah i feel like we had only had the vinyl like literally for like our last show which wasn't like even booked as our last show it just ended up being our last show right which i mean again like uh but it's still like uh, being able to be a part of it and, and put it out all those additional tracks and you know 
yeah, the response that, was, that I yeah, got for that, that was really really good oh nice it was, it was fun digging that stuff up I'm like oh yeah I remember when we did that radio show like uh, it was with uh welcome to play gear they also we were like on oh. a, to- a tour with them like a little like weekend that band was incredible too i mean i fucking love that band they were so i nice still too. do <laughs> yeah. they, were so, they were so fun to watch every night i had fiction toured with them for a bunch too but i remember like welcome to play gear recorded uh and i think they they intended to put out their uh recording as a like a 10 inch or something like that but it came out really really bad <laughs> Like, I think the EQ got fucked up. It just, like, didn't sound good. Uh, but I'm glad, like, ours... I remember Evan not liking it because uh, his voice was, like, breaking through it, <laughs> throughout it. Because uh, it was, like, yeah, the tail end of, you know, a, a three-day weekend where, yeah. uh, you know, who actually, like, does their vocal exercises and, you know, yeah, right. drinks their honey <laughs> tea <laughs> back then. <laughs> We're all fucking scre- screaming and drinking beer every night. Um, so, uh, but I feel like that's kind of the charm of it. And, you know, we were pretty chaotic live. I remember we were described as like, like we're barely fucking playing these songs. <laughs> uh, like barely hanging on, which is, I feel like we're, we're very chaotic and fun to watch. No, and I think it translates really well to, you know, being recorded. Like there's bands yeah. who, and Matt and I have mentioned this in the past, where like you love the way they sound on a record, and then you go see them live, and you're like, okay, this was really disappointing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I think even hearing you guys live for people who didn't have the opportunity to see you, um, man, I mean, just getting to hear it gives you a, a feel of what that show would have been like, and it gives you that energy. And that's I feel like we recorded a lot of well. We, we did track things separately, but we did record, uh, you know, the drums with uh, me and Randy playing along. Uh, but yeah, I feel part of it, part of that feel is that we didn't, we didn't even know to fucking use a click track. <laughs> it was actually the, the first uh, digital recording uh, we ever did, I've ever done, uh, like as a record. Uh, it was recorded by Josh Jakubowski from uh, like Neil Perry and Hot Cross. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like we didn't use a click track. We like we I've never fucking even considered using a click track till like years later, <laughs> and uh, how helpful that can be. So like I feel like we played to just how we play them, because uh, that's just the only way we knew how to do things. Because like yeah, that was like my second record I've ever done. But I feel like I've always just been kind of record minded when uh, and. I try to always kind of play to the live, what the band sounds live, but you know, you have to like embellish and fasten things up. But, you know, it's important to kind of, the band sounds like what the band sounds like.
Sure, and I mean, it just comes across really well. I mean, like, I mean, I've heard live recordings before from other bands, and I'm like, eh, it's okay. But I, well, I, I like think it, you guys translated like actually, really well. That was actually, uh, like, mic'd and, uh, you know, like, somewhat EQ'd. Uh, sure. Pretty quickly, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, like, Fiction has some, like, live, we, I remember we had, like, live stuff, my, like, this dude recorded on a cassette <laughs> on a demo. Uh, listening back to it now, it's kind of hard because it's just so like thin and like far away. Yeah, that distant sound. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah, I'm like actually like really happy that we like actually got that radio show because it's like you know, you know, I don't play that many radio shows, uh, so it's like it's 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 a treat because you know you like you hear these songs in a different way. Uh, like Kiss by an Animal did like a, a, a BTR uh, live session uh, like two years ago. Um, and like you know, I listened to those recordings because that's also just like the, the like the first recording of us as like a four piece, uh, and it's just it's just the songs from our album. But like you know, it's just nice to hear what, like what we actually like play them, what they sound like now. This thing kind of sure. evolved too, but it's still like you know, if we sound like the band that's on the record, and it's, it's nice that like, but you know, a little more stripped down. But it's nice like that's what I kind of always try to find and in like a you know. A, pl a pleasant hearing listening way i don't know <laughs> i'm babbling no, no 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 that's that's what we that's what we like we like to go on really elaborate <laughs> sidebars yeah there's there's no real structure to what we do here it's more um, or less but just yeah, but, we talk about the album a little bit and then kind of move to wherever everything goes but yeah but so uh, thank you for making me like dig all that stuff up and like actually like have a uh an opportunity to actually present it rather than just have it something that's like laying around in my drawer <laughs> no I was super stoked I'm still really thankful to both you and Evan for, yeah. for I was being just, so cool I was just shocked I was, uh, managed to find that much uh, extra stuff for a band that only re released one record one record yeah uh, yeah like fiction has awesome. like more extra stuff like because we had this whole uh, like uh, tour EP we did like in Europe like right at, right before we broke up um but it's like uh but that all that stuff's like on Bandcamp, right and i like i i've like you know i've neat i've neatly like stacked it and uh you know put it somewhere for people to find no. <laughs> right 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 no uh, yeah well that was the other thing that, that i always found interesting was that like reds wasn't really anywhere like you know other than the fact that i had the record like i didn't see it there was no like online presence for it and yeah. I was like, this is so strange. Nobody, and, and I remember sending it to um, Nathan, who runs No Funeral Records and mm -hmm. is in Karloff and this band called Safty that's kind of like a youth attack mm -hmm. kind of sounding vibe. And I remember sending it to him whenever you guys first put then put it up online for him to check it out. And he was like, holy shit, no one, I've never heard this. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> no, one, no one had this up before. And I'm like, yeah, it's really strange. I thought the same thing. I feel so, like because uh, it's just like in that weird it came out in that weird time when visual music was like only starting to become a thing. It was still like, you know, I was still buying records back then, but I still but I knew how to download stuff, too. Mm -hmm. sure, um, of course. But, you know, like to get to the like the point where digital streaming became like the official way people listen to music, you know, all that stuff kind of got left behind because you know there's no real caretakers for it you know mm -hmm. 
there's no like label, you know, like, uh, you know, we all kind of moved on with our lives. Uh, so it was nobody's priority to like make sure this stuff is online. <laughs> right, right. Nobody's I like, that, like I did guys, that with... guys, pressing issue. Reds has to be <laughs> yeah. online. We now. need to be on Spotify and we need to get those clicks. Yeah, we need that half a cent for every 300 yeah. listens. Yeah, for yeah. every five years, you get five cents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like all that stuff kind of got left behind. I think I did that with, uh, you know, with the fiction because, you know, we had a much bigger um, volume of music. So sure. I kind of want, and, you know, I did have it, people like every once in a while, like writing me, uh, you know, where I, they can find like uh, downloads of it. Uh, so did like, any of them ever ask who, who dare question Ryan Dorn if that was uh... <laughs> a Mr. Show reference? If that, yeah, I wonder if anybody else beyond like the fact that you know our age group <laughs> would know that reference very quickly. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone, no one's ever asked. It's funny because there's like five Mr. Show references on that album. There are, yeah, because uh, we're very big Mr. Show fans. Um, As you should be, yeah. By the way. Oh man, I fucking love Mr. Show. I uh, do too. I still watch yep. it like it's you know religion. So. I watch I it every Sunday. Ron, I refer to you as Ronnie Dobbs, but not to you. Like, <laughs> I'll like, tell my fiance, I'm like, I, I could talk to Ronnie Dobbs. <laughs> that movie is, I mean, aside from the fact that I think they were unhappy with it, I did not think it was as bad as, uh, no, as I mean, they gave the That's right. Rap There's a Ronnie Dobbs movie. Holy shit. There yep. is. I completely forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. David Koechner in that movie. <laughs> He's only in it for a handful of minutes, but he's fucking hilarious too. Oh man, I did not remember. Hungry dog will eat anything. <laughs> man, I, I I completely forgot about that movie. I think I saw it once. It came up. Uh, it came up with Colahan, Chris Colahan. Oh we yeah, talking we were talking too. about that. Yeah, I like yeah, their uh, the Netflix uh, thing they did a couple yeah, years ago. Yeah, I thought it was solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, even Bob's uh, appearance in. Uh, I think you should leave was fun. Oh, man. Uh, my wife hates that one. <laughs> <laughs> it makes her so uncomfortable. It is. It so is good. really uncomfortable. I was like, but it's, but so it's Bob Odenkirk being Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. <laughs> it's classic the Bob delivery. Odenkirk. Oh, man. Yeah. Which, by the way, Demon, did you see Nobody? No, I haven't yet. Okay. It's worth it. I'm interested to hear your take when you do. Yeah. I like his serious roles. Um, oh, I mean, I couldn't watch it without fucking cracking up. I'm not gonna uh, lie. Is this funny? Just because it's Bob. No, it shouldn't be, but it just made me laugh because he's it's a good Bob. hard like, man. He can make. He's got a good uh, hard face. Yeah, it but was, it, it, it is was, funny just like knowing because, like, you know, we've like followed his career for like three decades yeah. since the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have that Stiller box. Show. I got that too. Mm-hmm. I used to watch it on TV when I was on. Yeah, <clears> same. Same. Didn't age well. That. Can I be? Can I jump out? No. Didn't no, no. age well if you didn't exist at that time? Because I'll watch it now right. and I'll be like, oh, I remember that commercial from fucking thirty years ago, <laughs> but no one else will remember it. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. The like yeah. That's the problem with topical sketches is that uh, they the like the references kind of die out yeah. after a while. I mean, that's why like you can't really watch old Saturday Night Live because they're really yeah, exactly. commenting on what's happening today. But you know. It's its own art form, I suppose. But I like, uh, yeah, Mr. Show is pretty timeless. 
That's what I like about uh, uh, I think you should leave is I feel like it's in the same kind of timeless, uh, like yeah. end endlessly rewatchable uh, way. I feel also like yeah, the, the, the second season, like, is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a slow burn, slower burn, but uh, I feel like it, it's, it's as good. Uh, oh, no, there were some great fact, sketches. In it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, there's some shit, like the fucking coffin flop thing was, <laughs> was dying. <laughs> I was like eating while watching it and I was like almost choking. <laughs> I watched it. I started watching it like right before I was going to go to sleep the first time. And I watched like the first two episodes and I was like, okay, I've got to commit myself to sitting and actually watching it and not just like half like yeah. out of like I, consciousness watching it. I, yeah, I like, well, like banged the whole thing out in one sitting, but uh, I feel like like now I'm starting to watch it from like the middle, the, the end kind of flipping out. Actually, my, yeah, yeah. I, I, I learned uh, a little while ago that my friends made the Garfield uh, house, like the interior. That's hilarious, man. Um, what's it called? Um, you know, everything's terrible, EIT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, like the, the guys that uh, do that, they, they made that. <laughs> oh, that's wild. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, you mean that's not a real couch that I can buy? <laughs> <laughs> Garfield was my first fandom. When I was a kid, I was like my first stuffed animal. So had, wow, that's awesome. I was big into Garfield as a little kid. I was big into Ghostbusters as a kid. Uh, I love like I had like the proton, the proton pack and would run through the neighborhood like a like a jackass with like a proton pack. <laughs> like it had like a, a foam like string thing that would come that's out awesome. of it that looked like it. It was no, it was it's embarrassing to think about it as a, as an adult. Like all the neighbors who were probably like what is going thing. on oh, with okay. this kid around <laughs> <laughs> through the neighborhood randomly yeah i had a lot of the uh, action figures we collected uh, I those too. my brother actually yeah. works at mattel now and oh, like oh, uh, that's awesome so like for my birthday he sends me like uh our childhood toys that like he can like either get replicas of it or like they have like this like uh wholesale uh thing down like down in their uh, office where they can just buy all sorts of like old mattel toys that's awesome man that's incredible if you have uh like any pixar toys if your kids have any pixar toys that's my brother uh sculpted those oh wow my son definitely does i don't know what he has i mean his he did, his he, big, he did the whole like this, which one he's it's not pixar his big thing in life is ben 10 he I don't loves know that <laughs> it was like a, it's like a kid who finds this watch and can turn into different aliens and becomes a superhero through that that's awesome <laughs> so he's way into it this is go-to but no yeah he definitely has some pixar stuff i just can't think off the top of my head i know there's toy story stuff in yeah house. he did the like the uh in toy story he did these uh the, that bunny and that uh little chicken the key and peel okay. uh voice yeah yeah he did like a, a talking. I have him actually. Uh, That's hilarious. That they like talk to each other. But yeah, That's he like he like sculpts uh, a lot of uh, Pixar toys. He did all the like the, awesome. the, the Soul run, like like for that movie Soul. Oh okay. Okay. So yeah, I get nice. a lot of I get a lot of weird toys. Uh, he get yeah for my birthday he sent me a Skeletor. <laughs> awesome. See that'd That's be an incredible. awesome hookup. Which is fun because we didn't really have a lot of He-Man growing up. 
like that was no, like we kind of like skipped that one for some mm -hmm. reason which i love i loved watching he-man my parents just never bought me he-man toys i remember my friend had like all of them and it was so fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> i got rid of all of my figures probably two years before i had my son so like Man. I got rid of a ton of stuff, like all kinds of Star Wars old. I'm never beat the fuck up, but like yeah. mm -hmm. Star Wars characters in a C3PO case. That um, I remember that. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I think um, the only Star Wars toys we had were like you know uh, when they started re-releasing them and like doing the prequels. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like gotcha. my, we never had like them as kids. I th actually the only Star Wars uh, like uh, toys we had as kids was the uh, Cantina band <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. It's such a weird like. I think it's just my parents just like I don't know the fucking toys whatever. It says Star Wars on it. Yeah. <laughs> Who gives a shit? They're that's they're awesome. five. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna know. They're yeah. just gonna know their Star they're, Wars. They're, it's a toy. They're, like I don't think we even saw Star Wars at that time that's that's amazing yeah no i got rid of so much stuff i had like silver hawks he-man oh man thundercats uh, i had this awesome Voltron. thundercats I had the Voltron uh, castle oh damn i gave all my stuff to my nephew when he got older i had a big like one of those old like you know computer paper boxes just filled with like old ninja <laughs> turtles action figures oh, like old x-men from when the x-men cartoon was around they put out action figures with it like here I, yeah, you go I, I had all those oh yeah <laughs> um yeah, that's awesome i feel like i saved like you know like little bits from uh different times like i have like a ninja turtle from back when i was collecting ninja turtles but like i don't know where the rest of them are Either my brother has them in a suitcase in like storage somewhere, or uh, they just gone. <laughs> um, yeah. I have like some. I have my like one of my first Garfield stuffed animals still. Um, you know, I like to keep these things around. Yeah, man. I feel like uh, they pop up in my art. Uh, so there's like my mom said, like when I was like would go to school when I first started going like to preschool, like you know. I didn't realize that you have to like read books and stuff. So I, I would just like pack my stuffed animals <laughs> to school. And that's it. And that's all I needed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. My my claim to being a like child who lived with their grandparents. So I lived with my my dad's parents growing mm -hmm. up. Um, that's who raised me from the time I was like six. I would carry a briefcase instead of a backpack because my grandfather <laughs> carried a briefcase. I wanted my dad did that too. I I, I wanted that too, but like they, I don't think they let me. No, <laughs> so he let me have one of his old briefcases, That's and I have funny. to like put the like numbers in to open it up to get my yeah. Like, oh yeah, stuff I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, when I like I'd visit him at work, like yeah, I would like dress up in a little suit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, hilarious i love it yeah you have to you yeah. have to you have to take it seriously yeah that's, that's but, for the job you want right 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 <laughs> but man i appreciate your time i want to ask one last question about for the sure. john Fashanti record and that for is sure. for anybody who is interested to check this out what song is there that you think you would recommend for them to listen to first to get oh, a vibe boy. of the record <laughs> yeah yeah a mascara is a good one I think uh, I really like that one. I
I feel like, yeah, it's probably the most palatable and easier <laughs> to get into, maybe. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I say just dive in, you know, if you like it, you like it, if you don't, you don't. Um, no, I, I, I agree. You know, it, it, it like, you know, it, 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 it starts, just get into it. No, a hundred percent. And uh, you know, I mean, there's like who... a, a what's it called, a bad brains cover on it. That's uh, I think pretty good. If you're curious uh, to get into it that way, uh, like true. which is the like the third song. Which one yeah. is it? Yeah, that's right. Which yeah, he like he did that because like you know he would yeah when I saw him he would do a bunch of covers like he just like doing covers like of like punk songs slow down. I mean, and, and I agree because I'm an album guy. Like, I don't mm -hmm. particularly. Uh, yeah, this is not really a single. Yeah. Singles album. This is yeah. This is a. This is a. Yeah, this dive. is the Buzzcocks <laughs> singles yeah. going steady. Yeah. This is this is a. This is a swamp you need to uh, dive into. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Man, listen, I greatly appreciate you doing this, especially Absolutely, the man. Thank birthday, you for having man. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know. Hopefully you didn't fill up too much on the, you know, chicken pasta from Chickalini's. <laughs> no, I had a lot of tacos and a lot of uh, oh, margaritas so and nice. uh, then a lot of shots. And then this morning I threw up. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I could see that happen. It's, but... you know, I kind of like, I went into it knowing I'm going to do that. I don't really drink that much. Uh, I barely go out drinking anymore. I don't really drink at home. But, you know, but I do enjoy a drink every once in a while, especially margarita. Nice. Because it's like getting drunk on ice cream. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. But, Dima, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, man. You've just given us, you know, the opportunity to even listen to the record. There's a barrel time dripping through a porthole in a So long since we bloomed from the inside So where have you been Since you fell out the flood Yeah.